and now to Kaohsiung, where a young Taiwanese designer is making big waves in the fashion world. Guo Wenting is a specialist hat maker. His designs won acclaim at the prestigious Hat Talk competition in London two years in a row. The latest show in Kaohsiung celebrated a spirit of hope for the end of the pandemic. Local Kaohsiung manufacturers are now producing his designs. Guo hopes to make a move on the global millinery market. A thoroughly elegant outfit is crowned with a dazzling headpiece, marked by flowing lines and inspired by horse racing. It uses feathers to create a remarkable sense of movement. This avant-garde design won the public prize at the British Hat Talk Competition 2021. The combination of sequins and feathers give the whole piece a dynamic effect. And here's another stunning piece inspired by the aurora. The black half represents the stressful times of the pandemic, while the colorful half floating away into a spiral symbolizes new hope in the post-pandemic era. In the post-pandemic era, we need more happiness or idealistic moods, so I have made many different creations with these beautiful colorful moods. Kuo Wenting created the hats by hand, without glue, using traditional British millinery techniques. The 30-year-old Kaohsiung native first got into hat-making 12 years ago. He's attracted international attention at a very young age, with his designs winning the Hat Talk Competition Public Prize two years in a row. Now he wants to work with local companies to bring his creations to the world. The embroidery is all done with our local production lines. We even use soft rushes from Nanto. The more local, the more stylish. So that's the spirit we want to develop. Through the internet and different kinds of marketing strategies, we can promote our local designs and our designers. We're bringing local businesses together and supporting local young designers so they can continue to go from strength to strength in this design field. Guo's exceptional talents are obvious. He's held many exhibitions in Taiwan and has made custom headwear for celebrities, even featuring in Taipei Fashion Week. His new design show in Kaohsiung attracted many admirers, and officials hope his brand will continue to spread. The fair weather most of Taiwan has been seeing in recent days is coming to an end tomorrow, according to the Central Weather Bureau. Forecasters say a cold air mass will settle in on Wednesday morning, causing temperatures in northern Taiwan to drop by 10 degrees. Lows could dip below 17 degrees in the north and 19 in the east, with the lowest temperatures expected on Thursday morning. Rainy and windy weather is expected in coastal areas in many spots around the island. The sun shines down. It's another warm day. But this pleasant weather is going to end on Wednesday with the arrival of the strongest cold air front so far this season. Northern Taiwan could see temps drop by 10 degrees. The temperature tomorrow in the early morning will be 10 degrees lower than the highest temperature today. From Wednesday evening to early morning on Thursday, northern Taiwan could see lows of 16 to 17 degrees. In open areas near the sea and in areas near the mountains, the temperatures could be 1 or 2 degrees lower. The temperature drop will be quite significant, with big temperature swings between the night and day. The Central Weather Bureau says the coldest moment of the week will be Thursday morning. Temperatures won't bounce back until Saturday. Over the coming week, the north, the east, as well as Penghu, Jinmen, Mazu, and central Taiwan will see intermittent showers on Thursday. And another reminder for everyone, from Wednesday to Friday, the north coast in Jilong and Ilan will see localized heavy rains. 
The Central Weather Bureau says that as northeasterly winds pick up strength, big waves could batter some areas of Taiwan. Another reminder is that starting tonight and through tomorrow, in even the next few days, coastal areas north of Kaohsiung on the east coast on Green Island, Orchid Island, Penghu, Jinmen and Mazu will see strong gale force gusts measuring between 9 and 11 on the Beaufort scale. Waves will be considerably bigger. With lower temps and rainy and windy weather in many areas of Taiwan, it's looking like a gloomy end to the month. The Government Statistics Bureau has revised down its GDP growth predictions for this year and next year amid slowing global economy. The Bureau has lowered its expected growth rate for this year by 0.7 percentage points to 3.06 percent. For next year, it's expecting even lower growth at 2.75 percent. Meanwhile, the agency revised up its expected growth rate for domestic consumption amid an easing of COVID measures and the return of shopping, travel and group dining. It expects domestic consumption to grow by 3.29 percent this year, that is 0.26 percentage points higher than its previous prediction. Japan has over 1 million tons of clothing waste every year. One company in the country is trying to solve that problem by upcycling old denim workwear to create new items. A representative of the company recently visited Taiwan with some of the company's star items to show Taiwanese people how old clothing can be given a new life. Today, in our Spotlight Story, FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to see what they do to cut down on textile waste. The team collects denim workwear from a local shipping company. The workwear is washed and deconstructed, then sewed together to make a flat fabric. After that, it is used to create new clothing and accessories. The company was founded in 2020 in Fukuyama City of Hiroshima Prefecture. We will collect the 1,070 pairs of the denim uniform, and after that, we will wash and repass holes parts and making a big crosses and then we will share with our partner i guess sneaker partner or some apparel partners and they want uh, they will make a new product the yeah. team was concerned with the short lifespan of denim and therefore upscaled old denim workwear and teamed up with local partners to develop new clothing and accessories. Products include sneakers, pants, bags, wallets, vests, cardigans, aprons and more. The process of producing these apparel and accessories is laborious and takes many hours. So a few seconds to uh, make the, these lines. But repart is more and more hard, so like uh, about 10 times more and longer. So like sneakers has uh, end of the 50 hours or sometimes 100 hours. The company is based in the northern part of Fukuyama City in Hiroshima Prefecture, which has been famous for its textile manufacturing for hundreds of years. Today, it is the center of denim manufacturing in Japan, home to over 40 denim manufacturers and producing 70% of the denim fabric made in Japan. However, Japan has over 1 million tons of clothing waste every year. Our area is a denim area. Like, uh, Japanese most famous and biggest price. So always the denim product is used and after that sometimes it can be trash but our product is 
circular economy project. So not only use, but also reuse, hold the things. We make hold the project in our area. So our area is not only for making the product, but also the making the circular economy at once. The company hopes to continue to create new items and partner with more brands to establish a circular economy system for textiles. It also hopes to pass on textile manufacturing skills to the next generation. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Luo Zhizong in Taipei. President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday received Prime Minister Philip J. Pierre of St. Lucia at the presidential office. Pierre is in Taiwan for a five-day state visit and was given a welcome with full military honors upon his arrival. He was accompanied by Vice President Lai Qingde and Presidential Office Secretary General David Lee. Let's hear what Tsai has to say to him at the reception. St. Lucia is a staunch diplomatic ally of Taiwan in the Caribbean and shares our values of freedom and democracy. I hope Taiwan and St. Lucia will continue to strengthen exchanges and cooperation across all fields, jointly seizing opportunities presented by the global economic recovery to advance the well-being of our peoples. Taiwan has been a true and dear friend to us, notwithstanding the global volatility and uncertainty. St. Lucia will continue its lobbying efforts on the world stage for access to international organizations and to advance the right of sovereign states to self-determination and non-interference in their internal affairs. The reception was followed with a state banquet. There, Tsai stressed that Taiwan would continue maintaining its scholarships and Mandarin teaching projects in St. Lucia. She added that the exchanges allowed young people in both countries to, to engage with one another and build strong friendships. Meanwhile, Pierre thanked Tsai for the reception, adding that he was looking forward to creating more good memories during the rest of his visit. He voiced hope that Taiwan and St. Lucia would continue learning together and sharing their experiences and to benefit people in both countries. With tourists returning to Taiwan and people heading, heading out after COVID, restaurants and hotels are turning to Southeast Asian flavors to attract diners. One restaurant is offering spicy seafood laksa using local crab, a fusion of Chinese and Southeast Asian flavors. And meanwhile, one hotel has added a Thai menu option to one-night stay package, allowing guests to taste several different curries and sauces. This chef boils coconut milk, curry, lemongrass and other spices to make laksa soup. He then adds yellow noodles and rice noodles. Finally, he adds deep-fried Thai soft-shell crabs, which absorb the intense taste of the soup. Take a bite and your mouth is filled with the taste of fresh and sweet seafood. Autumn is the season for eating crabs, so we use seasonal soft-shelled crabs and put them in our laksa soup. Southeast Asian cuisine tastes not only hot and sour, but also has a little fragrance of coconut milk, which is especially suited to Taiwanese taste buds. So our recent business has already returned to level seen in 2019 before the pandemic. Crispy toast cut into strips is paired with tender strips of pork and special sauce. The result is refreshing and not greasy. 
A chunk of bread toasted to perfection is dipped in Thai green curry with fresh shrimp. Or why not pour chicken curry over it? This hotel is adding a Thai-style afternoon tea option to its package of one overnight stay with two meals. Operators think this will bring in a lot of business. Actually, Taiwanese people have always liked to eat Thai food very much. We hope that this year's promotions can bring in 10% of our business growth. It's quite special because you can try out three kinds of sauces at once. In other places, very few offer toasts with these kinds of sauces. Southeast Asian flavours have won over the taste buds of many Taiwanese. With the waning of the COVID pandemic and the lifting of travel quarantines, hotel operators are sniffing out business opportunities. They hope that by offering limited packages of hotel stays with set meals, they can attract even more business. Tuesday was a volatile day over in the stock market after a slump in Wall Street on Monday and amid the mass demonstrations in China. Initially, semiconductor giants such as TSMC and MediaTek led the index down by more than 100 points. The market staged a sharp rebound after dip buyers stepped in, closing up 152 points at 14,709 on a turnover of 213.6 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. On December 1st, the head of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, will speak on some related matters. I think that will have an effect on the market this week, with investors adopting a wait-and-see approach. Everyone is concerned that China's strict zero-COVID policy will end up impacting its economy and accelerate a global recession. The market fluctuated by almost 300 points during the trading, giving a roller coaster ride of a day to investors. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar also rose and fell throughout the day, settling at 30.952 NT against the greenback. With uncertainties over the Fed's future stance and the protests in China, chopping trading took over the market amid concerns of their impact on the global economy. The Ministry of National Defense on Tuesday showed off its calendar for the year 2023. The calendar features photographs of Taiwan's military equipment, stressing the importance of national defense. The ministry also took questions from the reporters on several issues, including potential delays in the delivery of U.S. arms packages and on the effect that plans to extend conscription could have had on the local elections. The Ministry of National Defense on Tuesday presented its new calendar for 2023. The theme is, as expected, Taiwan's defense and highlights the importance of the military. We want to convey that from the beginning to the end of the year, at day and night, every moment, minute and second, there are people making huge mental and physical efforts to protect our nation and keep everyone safe. The calendar puts military arms and equipment on the center stage across all three military branches, a show of Taiwan's military muscle. In related news, recent reports say that there could be some delays for a U.S. arms package for Taiwan, which includes FGM-1 148 javelins and FIM-92 stingers. The defense ministry responded to the reports on Tuesday. Whether it's 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine or the lockdowns due to COVID have indeed affected work in that sector. We will work together with the U.S. so that all arms sales are delivered as scheduled. The ministry also addressed concerns about when the duration of mandatory conscription will be extended to one year. Taipei Councilor Liang Wenjie and Veteran Affairs Council Vice Head Li Wenzhong have said that the matter may have caused the DPP's defeat in the recent local elections. The ministry stressed that the local elections were not a factor in its plans. The local elections were not the decisive factor for the Ministry of National Defense when planning this policy. The date requires coordination across government departments. Once there is a consensus and we have the relevant results, we can make more concrete plans. We will explain the details to any concerned parties once we have them. The ministry stressed that the project was in the works but did not offer a concrete date for the new conscription rules. American Institute in Taiwan director Sandra Otkirk spoke to reporters Tuesday acknowledging the challenge of doing so just after local elections. Otkirk reaffirmed the U.S.'s defense commitment to Taiwan and said the AIT will be in close communication with elected local officials. Let's hear from the director herself. AIT Director Sandra Ogkirk on Tuesday held her second press conference since taking office. With the press conference coming on the heels of Taiwan's local elections, members of the Taiwanese and international press were on hand asking Ogkirk to comment on the outcome of the elections. So I see I'm going to run into a challenge by having a press conference mere days after local election. It is clear to me and it was probably clear to anyone who watched the mayoral debate that local issues are really important in local elections here. Odkirk said that from her observations, Taiwanese vote in local elections according to the local issues that matter to them, and said the AIT will closely communicate with the elected heads of each city and county. Odkirk also rejected reports that the U.S. would be less motivated to defend Taiwan following TSMC's establishment of a chip factory in Phoenix, Arizona. Investment decisions don't have a bearing on our support for Taiwan under the Taiwan Relations Act. So when the TRA was signed into law in the late 70s, um, Taiwan was not, as I said in my things, a cutting edge node in the global supply chain, in a global semiconductor supply chain. A single investment decision, even a really big one, is not going to change that. Odd Kirk reaffirmed the U.S.'s commitment to Taiwan's defense and said that commitment was irrespective of who wins Taiwan's elections and what investments Taiwan makes in the U.S. In recent days, reports have surfaced that the U.S.'s supply of weapons to Ukraine has caused a delay in arms shipments to Taiwan. White House National Security official John Kirby on Monday addressed the rumors and said that the U.S. takes its commitment to Taiwan's defense seriously. Let's hear from him. The president just signed out, what, a month or so ago, another billion dollars of Taiwan arms sales. And, of course, we're going to continue to look at what the, the, the next iteration of that needs to look like and when that would occur. But we take very seriously our responsibility to help provide Taiwan the self-defense capabilities that's, that it needs. That's in accordance with law and policy, and that's not going to change. Asked by a reporter to confirm whether a shipment of arms to Taiwan has been delayed, Kirby said he would not comment on weapon stocks from the podium. He said the U.S. closely monitors its own readiness for contingencies as well as that of its allies and partners. Protests in China have continued for several days now, as Chinese have grown wary of continuous COVID lockdowns. 
DPP members have posted in support of the protesters, and one exiled Chinese dissident says the movement symbolizes a new era of resistance in China. However, the dissident warned that the CCP may use the Chinese military and police to violently suppress the movement. Holding up blank sheets of white paper, DPP lawmakers and others, including exiled Chinese dissident Wang Dan, expressed solidarity with protesters in China's white paper revolution. I feel that this large-scale resistance movement has great significance. Perhaps it will be suppressed within days, or maybe the situation will calm down. But either way, it symbolizes a new era in China. This is an era characterized by resistance, and an era in which the Chinese youth awaken. This is an era in which Chinese civil society decides not to be silent, but to confront tyranny. Lots of people see these lockdowns as Xi Jinping displaying his power. He is now China's most exalted emperor, and nobody dares challenge him. World attention is now focused on the white paper revolution. The dissident says he's concerned that China will use its police and military to suppress the movement in a bloody crackdown, similar to the Tiananmen Square massacre. Those at the highest level of the CCP are likely unsure how to deal with this movement, and there may even be differences of opinion on it. However, my assessment is that if the protests spread widely throughout China, the CCP will violently suppress the movement. Speaking as someone who has led a student movement in China, Wang believes violent suppression of the white paper movement to be in the cards for the CCP. However, such action by the CCP is likely to incite even greater anger among Chinese, which will impact Xi's future in office, he said. This movement is an omen for Xi's third term in office. Over the next five years, he will face endless challenges, including how to put an end to his failed zero-COVID policy. He's definitely not going to have a good time over the coming five years. I highly doubt he'll make it to a fourth term. How Xi Jinping will deal with the Chinese public's anger and whether he can pull China through the pandemic, the world is watching to find out.